Welcome to the opening whistle of the weekly recess. Mitchell Lee, Tommy Grant, Connor Vandermark, Nick Izzo. We got a full house here today talking about the National Football League. Week four in the books, guys. This was our week to have football from beginning to end. We had a Thursday night game. We had a Sunday morning game. Then Sunday, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, Sunday night, and Monday. So we got it all from the very minute you wake up on Sunday. Football right there, ready for you. Did you guys enjoy the weekend of football, or was it kind of a lackluster weekend? I was disappointed. Extremely lackluster. <laughs> Extremely. I thought it was Connor? decent. Like I thought overall the games were there were some games that were meh. Um but I thought there were some you no know, interesting storylines that happened throughout. I was at the Jets Chiefs game for this one, so we can get to that later. <laughs> we will. We will, because I think that is definitely one of the more interesting games. Because there were a lot of blowouts to the point where in the second half of the 4 o'clock games, I wasn't watching football anymore because none of them were close. No. You had a bunch of blowouts. You had the Patriots getting absolutely steamrolled by the Cowboys, LOL. You had the 49ers obliterating the Cardinals. And then the Chargers-Raiders game was just not really something I wanted to watch. So I didn't watch that. And To be fair... I the Cardinals give a 49ers game from what I was tracking was not a bad game though. Like the 49ers, I mean I said that the Cardinals still were like sniffing around. It wasn't until like the second half that like oh even they just couldn't the stop quarter. the 49ers. They couldn't stop McCaffrey. Purdy could get whatever he wanted. They couldn't was, stop him. It was a 21-16 game going into the fourth quarter. Like for for what it's worth as the as the Cardinals this year were seen as, oh, we are tanking for the number one pick. Whoever the top prospect is this year, I don't know. Caleb Williams. That's the guy. Probably Caleb Williams, yeah. Um, for them, you no, know, being in the tankathon, you no, know, setting the third army going right to the bottom, it is surprising how well their offense has looked and their defense has been decent. And. Like, I think they're going to be in some – like, I can definitely see the Cardinals winning five games this year. Especially once they get Kyler back. Honestly, I like Dobbs. Like, I think he's been really good with their offense they're running. And you have the rookie, um, uh, Mike Williams. Michael Wilson from Stanford. Wilson. I always get Wilson and Williams confused. Uh, yeah, Mike, Michael Wilson. And then Hollywood Brown's been playing great. And so has, uh, so has Connor. And like, – yeah, James Connor's a stud. Honestly, he really is, and he's I, a workhorse. You know what you're getting with him, yeah. And the fact that he's been he's been producing even in like matchups like the Cowboys, whose rush defense has usually has been good, and he's able to run is, all yeah. over them. Like they have been a pleasant surprise, and like I've been low key been rooting for them more times than not this season. I would agree with you there, and I actually agree with your take on Dobbs as well. I don't I don't think Kyler Murray is the answer. I think if you have uh, a quarterback see, I... that's 
If you have a quarterback that's not even going to study, he's not even going to study. He doesn't even show that he cares to me. So I think that was a bit overblown. I think Kyler Murray succeed. I think when Kyler Murray is healthy, he's a top ten quarterback in the National Football League, and I can't wait to see him play under not Cliff Kingsbury because he was a horrible head coach. And I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what he does when he gets back. But Dobbs has been, you're right. Dobbs has been a very solid, get the ball to the open receiver, don't make mistakes type. Whereas Kyler can open up the offense a lot. Like I'll say this with Murray is that with the way that Dobbs has been running now, like with the ball, because they're 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 scheming for him now to make QB design runs. I'm curious how Murray would do in those same situations because he could excel because he has that talent, of course. Um, but I'm definitely interested because Dobbs has been ex- excelling. He's been like, what, 40 rushing yards in every single game he's played so far? And he's been slinging it. And so, I, it's been great. See, I, I personally don't think it – I think it works out better for Dobbs because – I hate to go and talk about Kyler's height because that's always what probably everybody talks about. But I mean, if if he was a pocket passer, I think it would be different. You know, you see, you saw a guy like Drew Brees tear it up, being you know how tall he was. But for Kyler Murray, it's like if he if he's not scrambling, if he's not running, to to me from what I've observed, it just it seems like he's always playing too frantic, and. You know the, the the fact that he's he's had to have it in his contract to watch film. No, no other quarterback has had to do that. So I think I think you're but, you're harping on that a little bit, <laughs> a little. I I, I love the National Kyler Football League. You can't go into it just like oh I'm gonna half-ass this. That's why, that's why they're in the position they're in. Apart and from I also don't just, think you get a two hundred forty million dollar contract. But he's not, he, he did not deserve that. In Murray's defense, though. He, he did not deserve that contract. In Murray's defense, though, it's what was the uh, the NFLPA put at that player poll? And, like, the Cardinals were rated quite low on a lot of things. So, like, Very I can definitely low. see that being a management ownership kind of thing, too, where it's like, it's oh, horrible. they're thinking, like, that yeah. old man brain kind of situation. Um, I know for – hockey like we have a saying like 200 hockey men which is like the old the old group you know the old boys club and i could definitely i could definitely see that being a situation where with him being a young eccentric player that they feel obligated to do this because if they don't they feel like that he won't live up to it even though he might have he has the dedication that comes with being an elite athlete you're playing quarterback too. You have to re- know your defenses that you're playing against, and you're also your schemes. So, like, and he was very successful in college. Like, why wouldn't he already have that uh, exposure? Let's go ahead and move to what we discussed as the game of the week. Tommy, I hate to do it to you, but I also have to do it to you. It's the Buffalo Bills. Beating the piss out of the Miami Dolphins, 48-20, to 20, the final score from Orchard Park. Josh Allen with a perfect passer rating 
21 of 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Stephon Diggs, three tutties on the day with 120 yards. And the Dolphins' offense, they moved the ball. Devon Achan certainly looks like a fantastic find at running back. But Tua definitely had a comeback down to earth day. Definitely not a terrible game, but we knew, we knew it was going to happen eventually. It's it's just the curse of the Dolphins. They start off a season strong, and then they run into that team that puts them back into their place. I'll tell you what happens when the Dolphins leave Miami at the beginning of the year and play tough competition, because Miami in September and October has a home field advantage unlike any other team where it is hotter than hell on that field. Very true. And a lot of other teams are not prepared for it whatsoever. And then they go and they go to Buffalo, and they don't really have that advantage. And the opposing team isn't cramping up the same way that they do when they're inside Hard Rock Stadium. That is a good point. I mean, I'm not... Miami wants to run a track meet all game. I'm not entirely surprised that Buffalo won. I was kind of expecting it. I just wasn't expecting this big of a beatdown. After the second quarter, I kind of yeah. stopped watching. and I was like, yeah, this this isn't going to go in their favor in any way, shape, or form. And well, you know what it is, I'm too, not- is that the, the, they finally went up against like a top-level defense. Yep. So, to, to me, that game was all about you know, which, I mean, obviously most games come down to the offense, but it, it was, going into that game, it, it was definitely the, could Tua beat the Bills' defense? And it just, you know, he they obviously got a couple scores, but from, I, I didn't watch the entire game, but from from what I saw, you know, looked like the Bills' game plan for it pretty well. Yeah, it's tough. It, it to, just can't, it can't to, break through. It's tough I mean, to... Slow down Tyree Kill, and he had what I think three catches, three so, catches for fifty eight yards. Yeah, yep. So when you can when you can play zone and you can limit a weapon such as Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and you know the the rest of the offense, then you're 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 sitting pretty well. I will say this though, honestly, I kind of see it as a flip of. I was more impressed with the Bills' offense and just ripping apart the Dolphins because of the fact that, like, I think for – I know I understand the Bills have not played anyone meaningful so far. um, They played the Jets. Shut your mouth. I was going to say as an – I was going to say as an offensive (laughs) opponent. Because correct. That was the biggest defensive opposition that they've played this year, but offensively it's a different story. Yes, and they won't. I guess Trevor Lawrence next week, maybe, but they've been also sputtering as well. Yeah, um, yeah. offensive like line it, isn't quite there yet either. Jags are I so wishy washy right now. I don't think they're actually will see anyone till I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Buccaneers with uh, their offense that's look, looking good because you have the Jaguars, the Giants, the Patriots, the Bucks, and then the Bengals have been garbage. And then the Broncos Ooh, yeah, and the Jets again. Yeah, that sets up really well for Buffalo because the Buccaneers, I mean, their offensive line can't create any running lanes whatsoever, and Baker's due for some some come-down moments. 
And then the Bengals, yeah. It's Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow's been the worst quarterback in the league so far this year. Those who have Bill's defense, you are yeah. ready for a ride of a lifetime for the next, what, yeah. five weeks, six weeks. So, but I, I, I have to give credit to the Dolphins at least putting up 20 points. Like they put up a touchdown each quarter, which if you're a regular offense against, you no, know, your average defense, you're pretty happy with that. But the Bills putting up no. 28 points in the first half, that's that's a detriment that's a, that's a to the Dolphins' defense because I that's think where that's, I'm going with this. I, I, I think, think this that, is all about yeah. Miami's defense not being able to hang with the big boys. They could they, they could not tackle. They, they, there were so I mean, many tackling issues. They honestly, I mean, like not to compare it to my team, but they really look like the Giants tackling out there, where you have guys just flinging their arms, hoping that you know they get some. <laughs> That's hurtful, but I'll take it. <laughs> and, like this, this is the same team that led up 17 points to the Patriots, which is also a not very good offense. And like, that's definitely a. If they want to contend. They got to figure. They need to trade for someone to fix things. And, and that's the thing. The Dolphins have never been is, a very balanced team. The Dolphins have either been Jalen Ramsey to come back. Ramsey would be nice. They've either been great on offense and shitty on defense or great on defense and shitty on offense. That's just the Dolphins' curse. They can't get a nice, even team. No. Yeah. Well, this was supposed to be the year. You can't rely on putting, you know, 30, 40 points up every week. Yeah. I don't well, know. It seems like that's uh, both Miami and Buffalo's tactic to win. It's just, hey, our quarterback can make more plays than you. And in the case of Miami, it's, well, do you really want to run with our guys all game? We have all of the quickest, you know, mile-per-hour times of the season so far, whether it's Tyreek, Achan, Waddle, Mostert, you know, whatever Robbie Anderson's calling himself this week. There's always something. And the Bills found a way to contain it, just like the way – Nick said, so I've got to give credit to the Bills' defense. It does get tougher yep. for them, though, because they lost Tredavious White to a torn Achilles. Yeah, yeah. that definitely hurts. I will say this with the Dolphins. I will say this with the Dolphins, too, is that it's kind of the double-edged sword of running that, you know, that crazy offense that they have because of the fact that because you're able to score so quickly, you're also leaving more time on the field field team's offense. And it's definitely a uh, – I, I think it's like a narrative that looking to this year is time of possession on the Dolphins where, yeah, they could square, score in four minutes and on a quick great run by Devon Achan. But, no, they get the ball right back, and then here comes the Bills marching down the field and taking care of business. No, with an eight, nine-minute drive. All right, next up, let's go ahead and just jump into that Sunday night game that you were at, Connor. Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. This one was a roller coaster of emotions in my living room (laughs) watching that game because I'm watching the first quarter, and it's kind of everything I expected, except I can't even – I'm like, I can't even blame Zach Wilson because it's not on him. Because the defense just can't tackle anybody. 
They're terrible in defending the run. Isaiah Pacheco is just running all over them. Are you rah rah? And then something happened. A beautiful, beautiful thing happened where Nathaniel Hackett turned to Zach Wilson and said, Be free, my son. Go. Play the football that you were always meant to. And Zach Wilson said, Shut up. I can do even better than that. And this man started making some fantastic throws, some great quick decisions. And I have never seen I've seen Zach Wilson do some cool stuff on the field. I have. I I've most of what Zach Wilson has done has been bad. I don't think there's any there's any debating that. But he has had some moments. But they're usually like a deep throw to show some arm strength. He's never played the position like this before. And let me tell you something. It was so much fun to watch. And if this is the Zach Wilson, if, if the light bulb's gone off, or whatever case may be, if this is Zach Wilson for the rest of the season, the New York Jets are going to find their way to the playoffs. I completely agree However, with that. It's one game. But if quarterback confidence is everything that it's made out to be, getting the Denver Broncos next might be exactly what Zach Wilson and the Jets need to keep this momentum. Even though it was a loss, you feel better about this loss, certainly, than the one against the Patriots. Because the Patriots, you go, quarterback's holding us back. This one is you went toe-to-toe with the defending champs, and maybe if you didn't put yourself in a 17-0 hole, you win that football game. And I will say this, too. Um, so, I, yeah, like, that, I thought it was the very first time, at least, I've seen or can recall where Zach Wilson like, actually was the offense, and it ran through him, not through a running game. And that's going to be such a big focus for us now because we do have those weapons with Brees Hall. And if we can get play action now going properly uh, with those guys and giving them more running room because they have to respect the pass now, it gives us much more options. And I, I really enjoyed that aggressive playing calling that Hackett did. Like, it was – that first quarter was miserable. I'm like, it's 17 nothing. I'm already thinking about, do I go back down to the car and go back tailgating? Like, that was going through my mind right now right at that time. And yeah. – Seeing seeing the defense wake up, you no know, get the smelling salts, and show up for the rest of the game, and like there was that one play, I from my vantage point, it looked like a, it didn't look like a flag to me on that one interception of the game, like that that could have gave the Jets at least a chance to go oh, yeah, down yeah. the field, and I don't know what it looked like. Officiating was bad all game. It was it was it the was, Jets got calls they should have gotten. The Chiefs got calls they shouldn't have gotten, and I think that that last holding call was particularly egregious because he threw it after it was picked, which just yeah. is never there, a there good There were several things wrong with the officiating and that play because I obviously the hold should have been called, but in a way, you sort of have to I don't know who that was for the Jets, but he they wasn't called it moving. on Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so 
yeah i mean it just it, it just kind of seemed like they really wanted the chiefs to win it and just... i have no problem with them calling that if you've been calling it the whole game whole yeah game, i agree yeah. with that if we've if we've gotten four or five holding illegal contact calls throughout the entire game at least you know they were really strict on that they called it all game maybe by that point you should have known hey they're gonna get you on that but that yeah. wasn't how they were calling it all game no no they weren't i also consistency yeah i'll say though like when like when that pick happens like oh we actually have a chance now. like i wouldn't say that much like our defense is playing well but like when wilson was gonna get, about to get the ball back i'm like oh we got a chance to actually march down the field and wasn't tie this that game a up. feeling like, like who was that a feeling of hey if we just get zach wilson the ball back he's gonna do something with it yeah what? and and because that whole quarter kansas city possessed the ball like they that yeah drove, they drive they just pacheco played out, out of his out of his mind like he, he was the only person we couldn't stop that game which was yeah wild. it wasn't it wasn't kelsey it, the only issues were just the ground game really which yeah confuses me i don't know why the jets have issues with that because pacheco was able to get whatever he wanted and whenever Mahomes started scrambling around he could get whatever he wanted as well i mean he converted a third and 22 with his feet that should not be possible yeah that would that, no. like you, you need to have a spy in him at all times um yeah that's like one of there's like maybe five to seven quarterbacks in the league that you have to have that with and patrick mahomes is definitely one of them so and Maybe like the... that contributed to a lot of coverage sacks or a lot of Mahomes having to run around and waste a lot of time as opposed to making quicker decisions. But it also opened up a lot of running lanes for him. I give Mahomes credit, though. Like that, that was a smart play at the end of the game, not going for that touchdown. Because he, he slid right at the one-yard line. And because he knew if, he, if, the, if they scored, the Jets can still score a touchdown and then try to onside kick and go for the field goal. With him making that slide there, no, that he literally sealed the game right then and there. That yeah, was a smart it's, play. It's by the smartest him. decision. And he like like he, he played like, he, like he does in many games. He shows up and he, like who, Zach who, Wilson actually thought, played better than him. Yeah, it's like who'd have thought Zach Wilson played better than Mahomes? I would never have yeah. thought that in my life. And I, the fact I would that never have thought that either. The fact that he was still able to get it done for his team and make those smart plays were that that's make, makes an elite quarterback. Yeah. And again, yeah. Denver I mean, coming up next for the Jets. I'm looking you at I think the Jet with the way the Jets played, I think they have a f- more than a fair chance of crushing the Broncos. I mean, I if, right the Broncos can, if he can ride high off his four drives that he did well, I mean, I'll, I'll rarely root for the Jets on this podcast, but right now. I think Jets have a really good chance. However, it after was, that against the Eagles, I wouldn't even say they have a chance. Well, look, Commanders took the Eagles to overtime, and the Eagles have yet to really look like the dominant team that they were last year, despite the fact that they're 4-0. They've been playing a lot of close games. Now, this game, we can't just go ahead and get into that Commanders-Eagles game. Oh, it was, was the first game... game it was the first game this season where I looked at Jalen Hurts and went, okay, that's the guy from last year who was an MVP candidate. And it wasn't really the running game leading. It was Jalen Hurts looking dominant, A.J. Brown 
putting Emmanuel Forbes in a body bag all game long. Yeah. 175 yards and two touchdowns. Devontae Smith also had 78 yards on seven catches. The Eagles passing game looked the way that it was supposed to look all season, but just hadn't up until this point. But Sam Howell, he's been up and down, but he made some gigantic plays in that football game. And I think that if they stick with him and let him work through the highs and lows, they might have something with them. That yeah. Eagles defense, though, that, that it concerns me. Like, for them being a Super Bowl contender, it's something where I'm like... Is, it can be had. It can be had, and that's definitely their weakness. But if their offense shows up like it did, then, like, A.J. Brown, he, he goes, like, that ball's mine. Give it to me. I want it. And when you give it to him, he does great things with it. No, they're definitely feeding him. 13 targets is a good amount of throws to him. But still, he's able to still put up the numbers that you need. Like, he is that... He is that alpha on that team where he just dominates games. Yeah, he absolutely does. And un- unfortunately, I have to watch him kill my team twice, uh, twice a season. And uh, yeah, like, like you said, he he was putting Emmanuel Forbes just through through the blender. I mean, any any route on the route tree that you could possibly think of, he. Forbes could not cover Brown. Like it was his game. He could have had two more touchdowns, probably. It was just, and the, but the the surprising part was the fact that, you know, kind of what you were alluding to about Sam Howell. That, you know, he he. I gotta give him credit. He hung in there, and they got they forced the overtime, and uh, you know, just he had a great final drive for them. He did, he did. He made some throws that are like wow, like. I'm surprised that that's coming from Sam Howell. <laughs> I really liked him coming out of UNC, but when you're a fifth-round pick, you're not even guaranteed a roster spot, let alone a chance at a starting job at any point. So I think it speaks volumes to how he's viewed by the coaching staff that he can have a game, like his game against Buffalo where he threw four picks – He's allowed to work through those highs and lows and not just, hey, man, we got a good backup in Jacoby Brissett. We're getting you out. And it seems to me like Washington is going to ride with Howell this season. And I'm going to go ahead and make a bold statement now because I believe it to be true. I think the Washington Commanders are going to playoffs. I think Sam Howell is going to get Washington to the playoffs. I think their defense is good enough. I think they've got a decent enough run game. And Howell is going to show massive growth over the course of the season. That I think that Washington, there's a lot of other teams that people are waiting for in the NFC, like Minnesota, a bunch of NFC South teams that I just think they're going to kind of cannibalize each other. And none of them are really going to rise to the top. That someone else has to join Dallas and Seattle as that wild card, that last wild card team. And right now, my money would be on Washington. Yeah, there's that's no really other. The, that's the only spot for them, I think, honestly, because the the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be way too good. That I think that that's that's probably going to be their last their their chance yeah. as a second wild card. I also was looking at um, 
Because one thing that I definitely noticed for this game was with the scheming of Washington, the first three games, like, they didn't throw the ball deep. And they finally did this game. Like, Scary Terry actually was able to get the ball in his hands down the field. And they weren't doing that previously. I'm looking – I have uh, his stats. up. I was, that's what I was like, the, the keyboard going. That was me. Um, <laughs> like, week one of – 44 air yards week two 63 air yards week three 40 air yards against philly 121 that's a huge difference in scheming getting getting your best guys the ball in their hands and like that's that's what you want not playing it's not playing afraid of your quarterback exactly saw it with zach wilson we see it with sam howell if your quarterback's out there you can't just say well we're gonna play with a very limited playbook and we're going to run nine plays. No, 99% of defensive coordinators in this league are way too smart for that. You can't do it. So you have to open up the playbook and say, hey, if you're going to be under center for us, you're going to have to ball. And we're going to do, we're going to amplify your strengths. And that's what the Jets did with Zach Wilson. And that's what the commanders did with Sam Howell. And if they continue to do that over the course of the season, it will lead to good things. Completely agree. I think Dawson was the same thing too. He wouldn't probably have as good as a game. He had a touchdown, but like same thing. Like they they were throwing it deeper to him this game as well. Like, they were trying game. to get him involved, yeah. but he he's but still, had a bit of a rough go this season, but I'm sure he'll get it turned around. But compared to the past he's past three games, 27, 27, and then seventy one this week. Like that that helps. Yeah. Um Yeah, this, All right, the, well, the court the corner that he was playing against last week was to uh, to various white. Like, what else do you expect? Yeah. The the Eagles secondary is either good or trash. There's no in between. So. Well, uh, they also uh, have uh, Avante Maddox is out for the season, so they've got a big injury that they're working with right now. So. True. Uh, Nick, I will defer to you since it is your first uh, week on the weekly recess. What stood out to you from week four? What stood out to if me? This from, is your, if this is your four. Evan Neal rant, then it's your Evan Neal rant. But... <laughs> well, I got I got a lot of rants, but I will I, I will keep it short <laughs> and concise because I think we know my my viewpoint on my my beloved Giants. Um, because they're just let's hear it, Nick. They're, you want to hear all in, the rants, man? What do you got? They're they're in an awful. I mean, that probably is what stands out to me. Actually, is is the Giants because you have you have a team that last year made it to a divisional round, and you come off a season in which you have the coach of the year, and then. You, you start the season the way you do, it just, it it obviously not only leaves a lot to be desired, but then you kind of start to question a lot. And something that, Mitchell, you brought up, I think, on last week's um, episode was, you know, do do Giants fans think that, you know, Daniel Jones's contract is now you know, awful. And I think it was, honestly, I think it was bad from the moment they signed him. I felt, I felt that they were stuck with him 
and they just didn't have a better option. And now that you see that he doesn't have Barkley, the offense is totally inept. And I think for a quarterback who's been in the league for five years, he just he doesn't make his progressions. If he's not throwing to his first target, he's running. And last year he could use his legs. This year the team the teams the defenses, they kind of already know. So, you know, going into this week and the next and the next week, they have to win one of the two games. Because if they don't, they're looking at a one in five season. And at that point, you might as well already start looking at who you're drafting in the top five. Oof. Well, you're, you're going to feel too good Dolphins about that. and the Bills the next two weeks. I don't know yeah. how your chances are. I don't. I, mean, I don't. That's... I wouldn't count on that, man. But okay, on the road, but, both but of them. When you, but when you look at the road ahead, you still have to play Dallas again. You still have to play Philly twice. You got to play now Buffalo. You got to play um, the Jets, uh, Miami. So you know, out of, out of the with? remaining out of the remaining schedule that you see with the team that they have, who can you really say that they play that they have a phenomenal chance of winning against? You, I mean, really from, from, my li- from my little bit of knowledge, I would say the only teams that they might might have a chance against is maybe the Raiders mm-hmm. and the Patriots, maybe the Saints. Okay, so, so that's two, okay. So that's three. So they're so that's much farther at, down the road. They're currently at one win. That would bring them to four. You're not doing anything with that. And plus, we just talked about how the commanders are kind of a little bit on the up on the up and come. So it's like when you have three teams in your division and you are the worst team in that division, bar none right now, you're done. Like I'm a fan of the team and I'm gonna hope that they obviously do well, but I have to be realistic in the sense that Daniel Jones is not playing anywhere to the level that he needs to. And with the fact that you have injuries all over the place to the offensive line and the defense can't tackle, it's like, what part of their game can you say they do well right now? You can't. Hey, Nick. You certainly I got... can't protect. So, and I think me, that Daniel Jones is taking a lot there. of the heat. They, they let like, 11 geez. sacks, 11 sacks in this past game. Yes. That's wrong. And you and you have a guy that you have a quarterback who's in his fifth year that, like I said before, if if he's not throwing to his first read, he runs. He he's not looking A, B, and C. He's looking at A, and if not, he's running. Like So Nick, I have uh do you have any you have any stats page currently up for the Giants right now or no? Do I have any stats pages I, right now? No. I, okay. So, uh, first off, who has more yards rushing? Uh, who has? More I was just, Dan- I was just about to say that, Connor. Daniel Jones rushing <laughs> yards or Darren mm-hmm. Waller's receiving yards? Who has more? Probably Daniel Jones. Who has more? Okay, by how Probably much? How much do you think yeah. he has more then? Because he, you were correct I'm there. How, how many more yards does he have rushing than? Waller receiving. See, that's the thing. He hasn't even really thrown to Waller all that much this year. Um, if I had to guess just off a number, I don't know, 50, 40. It's 20, but still. 20? Like, okay. the, the fact that you, you make a good point is that you're going through progressions. 
why isn't your first read Darren Waller, and why aren't you giving him the ball? Because you gave him this contract, and mm-hmm. he's supposed mm-hmm. to be your stud. And the fact that yeah. they're not they're not making your big like you have Saquon Barkley when he's on the field, they're making him do his things. Waller is also mm-hmm. supposed to be your alpha there and supposed to run your offense. Like it he should is. be going through him. Why aren't they scheming better plays to actually highlight him and let him do his things? I know he's getting older, yep. but like still, he has that talent. And he does. all the hype, all the hype in preseason, where it's like, oh, he's the man. Jones is always looking for him, and we are seeing nada right now. And it no, it's you, definitely. You yeah. I feel bad for the I feel bad for the fantasy owners who have him because of the fact that like he has been all this hype and it's it's been heartache after heartache with him. And you sh- he should be, he should be the one that is putting a team on his back with Barkley, not him. Right. And the, I, I forget what the statistic is and, and when they flashed it, but they, they showed the difference of Daniel Jones for when he has Barkley compared to when he doesn't. And the numbers are so God awful that you would think that you would think that it's like a an XFL team. Honestly, and it's just it it's funny because it, it highlights the value of Barkley, but then it also completely undermines what Barkley needs out of a season. So, you know, you you have that. And then, like you said before, they're not scheming anything for Waller. I think he's got most five targets maybe in a single game. Uh, now he he's he's getting some targets. He had eight some, against Arizona, yeah. seven oh, against yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, he he only has three. He only has one game over three receptions, and that's against Arizona, right. who defense is mad. Um, and in like in which we we know they didn't do anything for the first six quarters of the season. So you know, for for them to for them to even have a win right now. I hate to use the word lucky because you obviously have to lead an entire, you know, several drives to get the points that they did, but they should feel fortunate in some sense that they, that they're not 0 and 0 and 4, <laughs> honestly, mm-hmm. 0 and 3, you know, whatever it is. Half of you are on fire. No. So that, that that's my takeaway from, from this week is just the the ineptness of uh, of the team, just that it just does not look good right now. <laughs> Tommy, what's your week four takeaway? Just the amount of blowouts that happened this week. I feel like you discussed that kind of in week one of how everybody's not really playing up to par, but just this past week, I mean, you've got Jaguars being the Falcons twenty three seven. You got the Ravens destroying the Browns 28-3. The Titans crushing the Bengals 27-3. Buccaneers Saints 28-9. I mean, it was just blowout after blowout after blowout. Texans over Steelers and Cowboys over Patriots, too. Yeah. A lot of I I didn't want to list out every single game that had a blowout, but it was probably about 80% of them. (laughs) I I will say. There wasn't any big games that stood out to me this week. Um, the Commanders Eagles game I actually watched and that was a hell of a game. Um, Dolphins I was obviously very upset they lost, but 
it wasn't anything I wasn't really expecting. But outside of that, there wasn't really any games that stood out to me this week. Um, no. I would say that to your point, Tommy, is that I definitely think that the Cowboys win and the Texas win. I think they're both the real deal blowouts because of the fact that they were both like the Steelers didn't have many much injuries on defense. Like, I guess they had the um, the quarterback injury for them for the Kenny Pickett is that the quarterback or that's the wide receiver? Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. So, I, I, so I guess they had the injury there, um, but yes. that was, I think it was later in the game. Remember correctly. But still, Stroud threw 306 yards, and he just blew him up. Like, Stroud looks good, and he I did not pretty, see that coming. He color. looks pretty good in that offense, and, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that at first. But Their with offensive the other... line is beat up, and he's still finding a way to put up a lot of points. I think the Texans are a year away from being a team that can really compete. Mm-hmm. But this year, they're going to be a really fun 7-8 win team that beats a lot of teams that – Maybe they shouldn't. And like Stroud made the yeah. comment, like I I want Texans fans to feel proud to wear their jersey, and like that's a huge, huge like mo- like as a like as a hockey Devils fan going through the ugliness of their rebuild, seeing the Texans actually turn things around and like have a mediocre season, that feels good because you're not like you know not the laughing stock anymore, and they actually have some respect now. Um, the other True. games, though, like the Saints, you had the Derek Carr injury where I don't think he should have started in the first place. Um, then you had the Bengals with the issue of Burrow, who's also having his I- issue. I know he fe- said he felt better than the other games um, after the game, but he still he doesn't look right. Browns yeah, had the Deshaun Watson injury. So exactly. all those offense were sputtering because they didn't have their main guy to go to. And the Jaguars... I think their defense is actually good. That offense does scare me still, though. I do not trust. I I will I want to believe in Lawrence and the weapons they have there. No, Christian Kirk is definitely still showing that he is the number one, even though Ridley had all the hype. Like Kirk is getting all the passes and making his receptions, but Ridley's just not getting targeted, even though there was a lot of hype for him coming into the season. But that offense, like, you no, know, them playing the Bills next week. I think they get ten points, maybe. Like, like uh, I would definitely if I, for a team under, I would definitely take the under for that. Whatever the Jaguars are getting, because yeah, I don't I think, think they're going to do much. I do, I do like a Yahoo Pick'em league, and I think as of right now, the final spread I think comes out tomorrow. But right now, I think it's a five and a half. I have I it think. up here. Uh, we unless, have unless maybe it's different. The spread we have is Buffalo five. Uh, yeah, five mm-hmm. and a half is for Buffalo. The over under is forty eight and a half. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to sit around 40, 43, 44 for this game, because of the fact that I think the Jaguars' offense is not going to produce, and the Bills are going to put up like 20, 28 points. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I it's think in... Buffalo is also home. So uh, it's in it is technically a home game for Buffalo. Technically a home game, but right. obviously yeah, it's uh, not. not. Yeah. yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm I'm curious to see that Texans Falcons game this week because we talked about two of those games, the Texans and CJ Stroud, but the Falcons felt like that game was for the taking. Desmond Ritter 
kind of a similar-ish situation to Sam Howell, where the team, they didn't put a first-round pick in him. Ritter's a third-round pick. They're not tied to him. They don't owe him a chance. They can go to Taylor Heineke at any point. And I feel like he's on a thin, he's on thin ice, where he really cost him that game against Jacksonville. That was right there. Jacksonville's offense was not doing what it needed to do to get that win. 16 points should not have been enough to win that game. But Desmond Ritter kept making mistakes, and they could never get out of the single digits. No. So, and when, you're, when your only right, offensive weapon is B. John Robinson, um, you know, team teams are too smart. They're going to stack the box. And if, if you're going to force Desmond Ritter to throw, then you're already in a good spot. Like, the other thing with the Falcons, too, is, like, I, I don't think Ritter's the answer, but Arthur Smith, the coach, like, he's still saying, well, I'm sticking with him. He's not he's not making the replacement. And after the sample size we've seen, not just this year, but also last year, like, I don't like, – he doesn't look like he's going to be the answer for them. And, like, London's finally getting some targets now, but – Kyle Pitts, who you spent this first round pick on, who's at the twelfth round, twelfth overall pick. pick. He yeah, used fourth it, overall, taken in front of Jamar Chase, Micah mm-hmm. Parsons, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. Oh, mm-hmm. but here's the thing, though: with those three player, uh, three to four players your name were also wide receivers. Would they even get the ball either? Like, would that really matter? The only person that would be actually valuable, at least in the Arthur Smith offense, would be Micah Parsons. Like, <laughs> because he's not in the Arthur Smith. He's, he's, he's not. He's <laughs> not throwing. <laughs> he's not throwing in the ball. And like, like when you have these elite athletic players, let them do their thing, and give them that opportunity. And like you see, London actually starting to play well now because of they're actually throwing it to him. And, yeah. but like, Ritter's not getting it done. And is is it Ritter not actually? Like not looking at him in the first place, or is it a Arthur Smith scheming thing? Of I'm just gonna ground a pound with the run, and then your only look is to London, and that's it. And as a defense, you know it's gonna happen. Like the Jaguars just showed it; they they shut him down pretty well. No good old Toy Story game, but um, which is pretty cool, end. by the way. I don't know if anybody caught that. Once they, I, I was once gonna I was it. gonna mention that, but. I thought Once they got the tech figured out and they actually were able to show things, it was pretty cool. And you can tell that they did their research. The NFL no. had a really weird week of pandering because they pandered to kids to start the day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then they ended mm-hmm. the day trying to pander to the Swifties with Sunday Night mm-hmm. Football to broadcast what, that was frankly embarrassing. Oh, God. And I, I'm all about the Taylor Swift, but uh, that was that was tough to watch. That was just awful television. Yeah, they they got they got to learn to separate things, honestly, because it's just it's getting so out of hand. It's so like, obvious that they're like, let's try to milk this uh, demographic while we have it. Absolutely. And it's I I don't know how they don't feel pandered to. But yeah. and, and going back to the toy, the toy Story game, 
it gave me very strong like backyard baseball animated vibes. Yes. Yeah. Pablo Sanchez need to come yes. out there and play quarterback. For the I, was <laughs> I was watching. I was like, this looks like the animation looks so much like the backyard backyard games. And um, I got a big hit of nostalgia watching that. So have anyone catch the the NHL is something very similar. Uh, here is it. Big City Greens is what the NHL partnered with doing it. Um, it's like a TV show on Disney, I think it is. Because um, the NHL does something very similar. And I thought it was a great attempt at it. I don't think football is the right sport for it because of the fact that there's not a lot of action going on in between plays. Like, I think the hockey one actually, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the one for hockey. The hockey one actually looked pretty decent yeah. because it's very fluid and a lot, there's a lot of things going on. Like, and they had they had fun with it. I thought it was a, I thought the hockey one was a lot better than the football one because it was, I don't know. I thought it was like too static. If that makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Which, right. by the way, do you see that they're getting their own red zone hockey? I did see oh. that. I am very interested okay. by that. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, NBA like, needs to do that as well. Yeah. Like I. I'm I'm curious how they're going to set that up because the fact that no they're going to do on I think it was October 20th when they're having like all 32 game or 32 games being played on that same day and they want to try to stack up the slots but like the thing the nice thing about red zone is that no you can have it where oh if someone's threatening to score no it's easy to, just to transition over and just like watch the the drives or free drives you know go in the triple box hockey is yes. much different where the i guess the only equivalent is a power play but like do you, like i feel like hockey's best watched during five on five play than power plays in my opinion no. i would i would agree yeah and and you brought you brought the point too is like in between plays for football takes you know take takes time you don't you don't see that with hockey it's it's all it's all on the move. It's fast. You know, they sub guys when, when the puck is still in play. So it's like, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of watch uh, a triple box for hockey, but for football, it's, it's nice and easy. Yeah. Like, I think the one thing that they definitely should lead into that red zone has done so well is like, don't announce the goal beforehand and just like, just transition over. It's like, Oh, let's see what happens here. And then yep. whatever, yep. whoever scores, like don't make it a highlight show make it feel more authentic. I guess you can say even even if you right. doctor it or like oh it happened a minute ago just roll it out and just have the guy like how scott hansen does it. like oh let's go over to the you no know, redskin dolphin game or where it is like and see what the play is going to happen because you know because you know what transitions over nine times out of ten something's happening or like oh we're gonna watch this punt nine times out of ten that punt's coming back <laughs> yep so, so the more important this. question on that is what color are they going to choose for the show they can't do red. It's going to be called Frozen Frenzy, I think it's name of it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That sounds... could have been... It has to be a color. It, could, it has it to could be. be. I think it's going in the workshop a little longer on that you one. Have, you have to go on the If anything, it should be called the blue line. No. It has to yeah. have some connotation to it. Um, yeah, the red zone is authentic because of the fact that like it is known as the red zone in sports and that's in football, and that's what they're highlighting. Like, I th I think that I know it's something it's very called on NHL Network, but like, um, like NHL on the fly would have been a perfect name for it. But someone already has that. Um, oh, that's true. 
on the fly would have been perfect for it. But like some again, on NHL on the fly already is a broadcast on NHL Network, so they just stole that for that. That'd been perfect, but that's a negative. Let's wrap this thing up with some rapid fire questions that I have. Oh, shit. Okay. I love it. It's just one sentence maximum. Okay. Five questions. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Who wins the NFC South? Who wins the That's NFC not a rapid fire South. question. That's a hard thinking question. No, I would just say New Orleans Saints. Uh, my gut says Buccaneers. <laughs> I think Nine. I'm gonna go Saints just because I like the Saints out of all four teams. Nick? I don't want the I don't want this team because I despise Baker Mayfield, but I think the Bucks. I like Baker personally. I, all I right. cannot stand him. Question number two: Worst team in the league right now. Oh, I would say Bears, Bears or Panthers. I'd go Bears. I would um, say Bears, Bron- Bears or Broncos. All right. I think it's the Bush. I think it's the Panthers because the fact that Bryce Young is not looking good and their defense is bleh. All right. Question number three. MVP right now. Taylor Swift is an obvious choice, but to be. <laughs> right I, I think right now. Go, not only did you not go one sentence, you were here. stupid. I won't pull up the betting lines right now, but I I know my uh, my heart call. says CMC. He's just been so dynamic with the 49ers. Everything runs through him. He's just that good. I'm going to be biased and say Tua. Despite the bad week he had this week, I, I'm I'm sticking with my boy Tua. I bumped the lines right now. I Nick. think I think it's gonna end up being Patrick Mahomes again. All right, just to you know, uh, top top five right now is Allen at three fifty, Tua at five hundred, Mahomes yeah, at five hundred ish, five fifty. I'm seeing in different lines. Uh, Hertz at seven fifty, Lamar Jackson at a grand, CMC at sixteen hundred. So and right now, I understand. My, right now, my pick would be Josh Allen. He is that yeah. good. That was going to be my second one. Yeah. Question four: What team that is doing pretty well right now? You expect to drop off? Uh, definitely Eagles. Drop off. I'm going to exclude the Cowboys because every year they go to the playoffs and then just forget how to play football. And it's lovely. <laughs> it's absolutely lovely to watch. Um, <laughs> who is going to fall off? I got to think about that a little bit more. Man, that's a good question. Connor? Um, that is, I think that 
Hmm. Like again, the NFC South is up for grabs to any to the top three teams. Like the Buccaneers, they were three and one, but like that's just gonna be a grudge match to the end. I think. Uh, I, I think if I'm looking at all the teams right now, I man, I I like the Lions right now, but I I don't know if they're gonna keep up the consistency with the offense the entire year. Oh. Okay, so I, 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 you know that might be a, a sleeper pick for this question, but I think maybe maybe Detroit. I just I don't know if I see enough in their defense to see a complete team. This may seem weird, like I think I looking at their schedule now. I it's definitely winnable because of the fact they don't really like at least at this point they don't really play anyone strong until like week thirteen. I think I think the playoffs. I would be concerned about the Chiefs. I think their defense is good. Their offense it hasn't really been clicking the way that I expected them to. I I don't know if I'm the only one thinking this, but like, no, the Lions only put 21 points, and which is a very porous defense. The Jaguars' defense might be for real. They only put 17. The Bears is the Bears. Of course, they stomped them. The Jets, who is a, uh, I would say, a playoff hey, man. defense. Hey, man, you remember when this was supposed to be a one-sentence answer? Like, <laughs> that was way I, I, I know, but, like, it, I, I think that – I think going to the playoffs for them, I think it's going to be like a – kind of like a paper tiger in a way. What does that even mean? It, it, it looks fierce, but, but can crumple easily. Oh, Okay. Mitchell, I'm glad See, you I'm, asked that because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm just going to say Titans and just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Um, and then the final question is, who do you think is the next quarterback to get benched? Hmm. I want Ritter. And, 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 and to make it the most interesting, only one of you is allowed to say Desmond Ritter. I want Ritter, but I don't think it will be him. If you're not picking him, Connor, then I will, because I, I do think it will be him. All right, so then Ritter's off the board. Yeah. It, honestly, it's a coin toss to me between Wilson or... Even the Patriots, uh, whatever his name is. Jones. Uh, McCorkle yeah. Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones, that's what it is. Tommy? Now, the question was, who's going to be benched next? Who's the next quarterback to get benched? Did Daniel Jones already get benched for Giants? Not yet. Then I'm going to put money on him. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Honestly. I am going to go... Sorry, Titans fans, to keep on piling on, but I'm going to go Ryan Tannehill. Because whether it's Malik Willis or Will Levis, they have young guys waiting in the wings. The issue with not a long term solution. The issue with Tannehill is like if they keep winning, then they're still going to play them. Yeah. Well, I had to get creative. Part of me also wanted to say Joe Burrow, because if they're like one in five, nah, they're not going to bench him. 
Uh, they might just shut him down due to injury. That's is that a so, benching though? That's the question. That might be like a benching for like we you're we helped. know you're, we're not benching you, but you are sitting technically on the bench. No, if he's not that's what fully one hundred percent. Yeah, I, that's why I didn't pick him because of the fact that like to me it's like an injury thing. It's like oh you're done, which is rebuild, and see you next year. Like gotcha. to me a ben- to me a benching is like, oh we don't ha- we lost trust in you, but mm-hmm. there's no loss in trust. It was nice that nobody picked Zach Wilson for once. That was a really cool. I said a coin flip. I did say coin flip. It's I think it's either one of those two. You did say that. Oh, when you said Wilson, I thought you were referring to Russell. No, I was saying Zach or Zach or oh. Mac. Well, then if no one said Russell. Then They're I not going to bench be Russell Wilson. You're paying Russell Wilson way too much money to bench him. There's no way that I mean, Sean, Payton, does Sean Payton's a madman. Sean Payton's like, look, Mad you man, guys are paying a quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't hear for that. No way. Sean Payton will find a way to trade for Taysom Hill and make him the starter of the Denver Broncos. The other thing I was thinking too was, uh, I know he's a rookie, but like, again, Bryce Young does not look good. You're not benching the number one overall pick that you traded two number ones yeah. and DJ Moore for. Yeah, you can't that. you can't bench a number. He's one got a right long there. leash, I, especially I since it. they gave up more and they still haven't paid Brian Burns, who they not only could have included in that trade instead of more, but they also turned down two first round picks from the Rams. So they yeah. they're having some trouble, man. But the thing is, like you have. Andy Dalton's your backup, who is serviceable. You should have started him from the get-go. And I think that it could be like a wake-up call for Bryce Young. It's like, oh, you're going to sit a few games and watch the pro do it. I could see that happening. He was he was my other kind of like pick would be him. Hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the third episode of the weekly recess. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be sure to look back on week five. Hopefully it gives us a little bit more to talk about than week four, although we did plenty of talking. Every week, no matter how exciting, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. So uh, thanks for listening. You guys have a fantastic night. Nick, once again, fantastic uh, to have you on for the first time. Glad to be here. Hopefully we get to see you next week as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right.